Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. The show is a combination of interviews with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do amazing things in their life by eradicating insecurity. You'll hear real-life coaching sessions from people who are overcoming insecurity in their life, and you'll hear 10-Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver some high-quality personal development content to help you in your own journey. I hope you enjoy the program. Now on to today's show. Hey, it's Jamin. You're on the Insecurity Project, and I have the great pleasure of interviewing Cameron Brown today. Now, Cameron and I started our coach training together a bit over eight years ago, uh, and since then he's gone on to build an incredible business as an international keynote speaker, a national geographic explorer, high-performance coach, and has founded The Thriving Collective. He loves training companies and high achievers in the areas of creativity, innovation, and emotional intelligence. Uh, In his keynotes, you'll see if you watch any of his stuff, uh, he blends the topics with using a grand piano along with footage. That's a really high-quality production. Um, And I've I've noticed that you've got a TEDx talk coming up too in front of 2,000 people in Rome, which... Uh, is is very exciting and it must be a real treat to be able to do that and that you're going to incorporate your grand piano on the stage in doing that. So that'll be really exciting. So look, really a treat to have you on the show today, Cameron. So thank you so much for being willing to have a conversation. You're welcome, Jamin. Looking forward to today and, uh, and thanks for the intro. Pleasure. So as is my style, I, I love the, the line from Switchfoot Song, if we're adding to the noise, please turn off this song. So... <laughs> Uh, no need for fluff or fillers, just straight into the, the quality and straight into the stuff that's going to be useful for our listeners. So um, as with other guests I've interviewed, I'm, I'm always fascinated by where a person started uh, mm. because often that's a big part of a story and insecurity often starts so young and is part of a challenge to work through that. So I'd be really fascinated by understanding a bit of your journey, where you've come from, uh, and specifically how well your parents did at equipping you to deal with self-esteem and confidence and, uh, you know, what, what was their impact like on your life growing up? Yeah, I, I think one of the, one of the great things that, that uh, happened with my family is, is uh, we never missed the sports day, we never missed the sporting events, um, you know, we never missed music lessons. Uh, you know, these, these types of things I got put into music very early on and that was mum's doing. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, allowing us to experience things and a variety of things, even though we were um, in Outback Australia in a you know, small country town and on a farm in a, you know, near a small country town, um, I, I look back and, and, and see that I was able to experience a decent amount of stuff, um, even though there was, uh, you know, some isolation there. Um, it was, yeah. uh, in that, that's probably the big one um, is, is uh, you know, having some having support like that was was really important. Um, I found it to be extremely valuable, especially looking back on it. Um, you know, growing up, I definitely had challenges of my own, um, and and definitely when we're talking about insecurities, massive insecurities, um, and, and not feeling like I belonged anywhere, um, and really? or fitted in, um, and and yeah, but like, like I said, looking looking back on it now, I I can definitely see. Um, the, the the positive impact that that mum and dad have, um, and I, I'm yeah, extremely appreciative for that. Uh, okay, so specifically, did they model a healthy self-esteem themselves, or, or was their usefulness just in the way they supported you through challenges? How did they? How were they useful? 
Yeah, I mean, that, it, most of it was in, in regards to being supportive of what, what we were wanting to do, um, and that's myself and, yeah. and the other you know, siblings. Um, so that was a massive part of it. I mean, um, you know, I, I never got any training in <laughs> from or, or education or any in, really any insights in terms of how to be um, confident or how to think or how to question or, um, you know, and yeah. really we're talking from an emotional intelligence point of view, there was none of that really there, Um and, and I think that's simply because that, that wasn't part of um, their education, um, as yeah, is sure. the case with a lot of people. And, um, you know, that, yeah, so, so it didn't really come up. Um, and so it was a, a lot of it for me growing up was uh, trying to figure it out for myself. Um, mm. And and I definitely struggled. And I, one, of, one of the, the, the biggest struggles, and I've only realised this, over the past couple of years, um, I went through a couple of really tough years in the teenage in, a, in my teenage years, um, and uh, you know, it was two two of the most challenging years of my life. And I I, I realised that the, the that challenge correlated with when I stopped playing music. Um, so I stopped playing okay. music for a couple of years. I gave it up, and um, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't really like the theory, but it was something that somebody said um, in one of the classes as well. Um, that led me to think that it wasn't cool um, and, you know, what I was learning wasn't cool. Um, and so I spent, I looked back and, and realised that I was spending time trying to fit into someone else's definition of what cool was, uh, trying to fit into what someone else's definition of success really was um, and, and in the process lost myself big time. Um, you know, I, I absolutely had suicidal thoughts and uh, um, was ready to do it on a number of occasions and, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I really struggled through those couple of years, and then and then I started uh, back in like 2000 or um, no earlier earlier than that maybe. Um, it uh, you know I, I started writing music and and learning it for myself and um, and yeah I, I look back and, and realized that that was a that was a that was a big correlation that I hadn't realized up until just recently and realizing that uh, when we go against the grain of who we actually are um it's a recipe for a fair amount of pain <laughs> yeah that's so true um so like i i'm always fascinated by the people who didn't necessarily get the explicit lessons around confidence and self-esteem like some parents were really good at that and very clear and gave their kids you know, good frameworks to follow but for the people that kind of had the support there but had to work it out for themselves i, I always love to, to see what did you work out what did you just discover uh, as you dug into that and, and were willing to face up to that fear um which I'd, I'd love to hear more about that in a moment but can you tell us a bit about the times where you think insecurity limited you growing up like you've gone to do some pretty amazing things now and looking at your bio and following you on social media you've been all around the world you're doing some mm. incredible projects and Look like you're you're very free at the moment. It's the way I'll describe it. There's, there's, doesn't yeah. look like there's any handbrakes on, and <laughs> showing up, um, swinging away, just really in your space doing your thing. So I, I imagine that wasn't always the case for you. Can you tell no. us a bit about the times where you've felt like you have been limited internally by insecurity? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think um, uh, e even over the past, like the eight, it's been about eighteen months, nearly nearly eighteen months of of being on. On, on a worldwide journey um, to, to many countries around the world. And I, I don't know if it's in, like, I'll, I'll, I'll mention a couple of things about earlier life, surely, but I've, I've been um, thinking about this a lot recently because um, 
and again, I don't know if it's insecurity, but maybe there's a part of it that's insecurity, um, but it, it's more so that um, I'm not dreaming big enough. And the mm. moment that I allow myself to dream bigger, the moment I allow myself to open up to the, to the sea of possibilities that are there um, and get out of my own way, um, it's that, that has been a, a massive contributor to how fast things have grown over the last couple of years especially, um, and just realizing that I'm the only person that's really getting in my own way. Um, nothing else is. And as soon as I allow myself and release myself from those limits that I'd previously placed on myself, uh, I find that growth happens extremely quickly. Um, and, and, and I guess that part of that is, is, is not having the fear there anymore, um, which is what kind of used to be there. And I think now, now going back to, to earlier years, um, there, was, there was a fear. I mean, I, I wanted to be able to belong. I wanted to be able to fit in. Um, and mm. uh, that, that was a, I would say there'd be a fear there that uh, I, I didn't. And so, uh, like I say, going back to my teenage years, that period of time, those two years, um, that was, yeah, that was insecurity. Absolutely. Um, I, stopped, mm. I stopped playing the thing that I loved the most. Um, and and stopped for two entire years. Didn't play it at all. Uh, and and yeah, that that was that came from uh, feeling like I didn't fit in. And maybe if I went the other way, then I would fit in again or, or fit in for the first time. Um, and what I found is that that the exact opposite occurred. Because while I might have fitted in maybe in the shorter term, um, you know, deep down it didn't feel real. It didn't feel. Uh, like it was me, um, and so that uh, that meant that I lost myself more and more. Um, and then, as as time's gone on, it's and, and discovering myself. I still remember a, a lot of the first um, the first music that I wrote uh, was was very much about like these these two versions of myself, like the real version of myself and the that ego, the the, the part that manufactures stuff. Um, that isn't that isn't really real. It creates those insecurities. It creates uh, you know the the feeling of the need to be safe and comfortable somewhere uh, because it's not safe out yeah. there. Um, and and I I, you know, I I wrote a lot of music, a lot of music about those that topic, um, and and it, that helped me through uh, my own challenges to a point. Then when I was able to write more about others and the world around us. And, and still some stuff that happens to me as well. That, that happens from time to time. But more so it's now become about others on the planet, uh, whereas I had to first overcome the, my own BS um, you know, to begin with uh, to allow myself to serve the world in the best way that I possibly could. And so I think the, the, yeah. the, the lesson in that is, is that um, you know, music, which is my vehicle, uh, I think everybody can have a vehicle, and it's about finding what that is for you in a way that allows you to feel connected to yourself uh, that allows you to then feel more connected to others and the world around you. Be- beautiful. There's some really key things that you've said there. If I could just pick up on a few and maybe you could go a bit deeper. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you've said that your challenge was not dreaming big enough. So every time you allowed yourself to dream bigger, then you moved into a, a bigger space. Mm. So, you know, one of the my thoughts when I, whenever I'm in a space where I get to coach someone and, and serve them to make change, I really... 
and very clear to avoid any behaviour management strategies. So anything that just says, like, you just got to try harder, you just got to stop it, you just got to do it, because I think that's, that's only ever a short-term strategy. So yeah. I'm really fascinated by um, any pivotal moments or any kind of key shifts internally that actually allowed you to give yourself permission. You know, because it's one thing to want to, yeah. to dream bigger and everyone goes, oh, yeah, okay, so I need to dream bigger, but we don't, you know, so... Yeah. Why? What's the underlying belief? What's the underlying fear that actually stops the person really giving themselves permission to go forward? So if you could just take it a bit deeper into what it was that allowed you to, you know, really give yourself permission to go there yeah. and to live a full life and to dream big, that'd be really useful. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I, straight up, it's becoming my own best friend, uh, hands yeah. down. Yeah, because when you, you, you think about it, when you become your own best friend, you feel whole and complete regardless of what's going on. You've got an unconditional love yeah. for yourself, just like you have with somebody else, for example. Let's say you know you think if you don't have it within yourself, those listening in at the moment, think about somebody that you do love unconditionally. And regardless of what they do, yeah. whether it's something good or, or something that really annoys you and frustrates you, you still love them deep down, right? And so when it comes yeah. to ourselves, we spend way too much time with ourselves not to enjoy our own company. But that's what happens with a lot of people. And it's what happened with me for a long time as well. When I learned how to become my own best friend, and that's through going through a lot of the coaching and the training that uh, we did some of that together and, and, and onward from there, um, the learning how to do that, the unconditional love for self, it becomes then, it doesn't matter whether you're up or you're down. If you're down, you're picking yourself up and supporting yourself through that. If you're up, you're yeah. celebrating your success. On the other hand, what used to happen for me and what happens for a lot of people is when they're down, they're kicking themselves. And when they're up, they're saying yeah. it's not going to last. And <laughs> yeah, it happens so often, man. And, and I, I, the, the reason why this is so, so important as well is you think about it. If you don't feel whole and complete internally, you need to get that from somewhere else. If yep. you're getting that from the external environment, you're going to sacrifice your own self in order to fit into that environment. And if that's the case, then you're going to have some insecurities because there's going to be fear there that what if something happens and they actually find out that I'm actually not enough, which I know deep down is true. Or what if, yeah. what if I do something here? What if I actually go for something and I fail? What that means is that the failure is part of your makeup. That's how you're positioning in your mind. It's part of your makeup, which means that if that gets removed, so if you, know, if you fail, then that removes a part of you. And when you realize that yeah. what you do and what you're experiencing and how you go about life isn't actually the true version of yourself, then you can start to play around because it doesn't matter whether something screws up. It doesn't matter whether you say something that is uh, maybe offensive to someone or, or, or do something that, that isn't quite in alignment with what you're wanting to experience. Like these types of things we, we fear because we feel like if we fail on those, then it will take a piece of us away from ourselves. And I think when, when you become whole and complete and feel whole and complete and know that you're whole and complete, uh, like I said, life becomes really extraordinary because you have and can develop this insatiable curiosity about what's possible and dream about that and spend most of your time out there. Um, and I think the other, other thing that I want to mention here, I remember uh, flying back from, uh, from Vancouver, I think it was, to L.A., uh, last year or the year before. I think it was last year, late last year. And, uh, and, I, and I thought about this for a while. I thought, 
how, how have I personally been able to grow so much faster this year, in a, you know, this year and the, and the previous year especially, so much faster than I'd have than I've been able to before? And yeah. I thought really, really hard and really deeply about this, and I thought and realized that, huh, it's because the overwhelming amount of my energy is going towards how can I serve, how can I make an impact, because none of it is going on. Am I really good enough? And the battle that a lot of people oh, yeah. are going through is, am I good enough? Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. And they try to prove it, then it <laughs> yeah. fails, so they fall back down. How much yeah, energy yeah. goes into that, that battle, right? The amount of energy, the amount of time that gets wasted in the, at the end of the day because we're constantly repeating the same patterns over and over, not actually growing and evolving through them. And so when, we, when you think about it, and I, I gave this to a, uh, I was working with a client the other day, I give this kind of analogy. Imagine you start racing on a, on, a, on a lap, like a track, like an Olympic uh, racing track, and you, you, you know, the, the starter gun goes off and everybody starts running. And everyone's running around, and you just decide that you're about 100 meters in, you're just going to turn around and run back the other way. And you run back the other way, yeah. and it seems crazy to do it, but you're doing it, and then you, start, you notice the other guys coming towards you again, so you, back, you go back the other way. And they've lapped you already once, and then they might lap you again and again if you keep doing that strategy. It sounds crazy when, like that, but that's how a lot of people's minds are going. And you've still run the same amount of distance. Yeah, sure. The one person's gone yeah, well. nowhere, and the other person's finished the entire race in the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah? yeah. That's, that's such a profound metaphor, and uh, I've got goosebumps hearing you talk about that because... <laughs> Um, this is this is the mission and the the feel the feeling of what I've developed my skill set for and what I my yeah. life for is that that very thing. If if I can be part of helping people solve the insecurity problem, then they yeah. get a chance to actually go win the race rather than investing all their energy into going backward and forward. And that's got to be good for everyone, right? That, that has it to be good for the world. Totally does. I mean, it's amazing what you're doing because yeah, I mean. To me, most of the world problems are, are based on these challenges. Uh, the world is simply a magnified version of who we are internally. Uh, you know, and, mm. you know, technology is simply speeding that up as well and magnifying that. I, I talk a lot about that in the, in the keynotes I deliver now, um, that, that yeah. uh, technology is a magnifier. Um, it's simply speeding up the rate at which we uncover how we really feel about ourselves. If we're not comfortable wow. with our own skin, we go onto social yeah. media and we look at the likes, we look at the comments, if we don't see what we like, we get down a little. Um, if we're alone, and you know, there was a study done, I think, in 2014 uh, that showed that people just aren't okay with their own thoughts, aren't okay being alone. But that's the space where things create. Like, for something to be created, there needs to be space for it to be created into. But we're in this uh, uh, time right now, and it's a really interesting time in our evolution because the very thing that can allow us to be more creative and create an even greater impact is the very thing that's holding a lot of people back because they're utilizing the technology in a way that's actually keeping them stuck, keeping them repeating the same patterns of behavior over and over and over again, like external validation for enough. I don't believe I'm enough internally, Maybe. therefore yeah. I will look externally yeah. for that. I get the dopamine yeah. hit from social media because I haven't found healthy ways to meet that need instead and get that healthy, healthy dose of that instead. Incredible, that is so true. Cool, so if we can cycle back to something that you said a moment ago about the piano. 
So obviously your parents had given you the gift of music growing up and that was something that was really wonderful for you. And then through your teen years, you listen to someone, get in the ear and say, no, this isn't cool. And so you stopped doing that and struggled really significantly for two years. And then mm. part of your journey in being who you are now has been to go back to the piano. And you mentioned that that is a vehicle that's opened up so much life for you. So I'm really fascinated by any insights you've got about how people can find their vehicle, can find the thing that's uh, most connected to who they are, most aligned with how they think and feel and what's going to give them life and give them a chance to really make a difference in the world and, and contribute out of who they are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there's a couple of things to this. I think the first part is, uh, is to ask yourself, well, uh, what if I've already experienced that or explored that or discovered that, but I just haven't given myself permission to actually fully uh, immerse myself in that yet? Uh, so that's the first because I look at my time. Well, yeah, hang on. So what if what if you've already what if you've already found it but haven't yeah. given yourself permission to acknowledge that? What a great exactly, question. exactly. And and because I I look back at the, the years growing up, I had no idea. I had no idea that the piano would make would be this monumental in my life. Um, yeah. And, and I definitely had no idea that it would be the the, the way that it had like to have uh, you know created videos and music that have gone viral and to have a grand piano on stage in front of hundreds of people and coming up in at a TEDx event in front of thousands of people and having a grand piano on stage. Yeah. And um, like that, yeah, that's cool. mind-blowing to think about. I wouldn't have even known that this stuff even existed back then. But I think that, that's where curiosity comes, where we go, well, well what, if, what if I could experience what I want to experience with this? Uh, what would that look like? And, and, and how could I make an impact? Or how could I make a difference? Or simply, what, what would allow me to experience fulfillment? Um, and, and so I, I think exploring that, the things that you might have already experienced, because I find that the, the, the things that maybe people ridicule you for most in the, in, in the mm. short term often are the things that inspire people the most in the long run. And I've, I've had mm, that wow. true for piano. I've had that true for so many other areas of my life uh, where, I've, where I've seen that come to fruition, especially when the thing that I'm doing isn't hurting anybody. In fact, it's actually helping people. Uh, I found yeah. that, 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 that I've just found that to be true time and time again, that the things that you're judging either yourself for or other people are judging you for, it's just they don't get it yet. Um, and it's usually their own looking at back at it now. It's usually their own fears and insecurities that are holding themselves back, uh, which has them try to hold you back um, from experiencing what you really want to experience. Um, so that's, I think that's the first one. But the, another more practical or tactical, if, if you know, somebody tuning in, listening to this really just have, hasn't found anything that, that brings them uh, what, you know, that allows them to experience what they want to experience, my suggestion is get very clear. Rather than on what, what it is that you're going to do that brings you fulfillment, focus instead on how it is that you're wanting to feel that would allow you to experience fulfillment. Because okay. it's the emotions that allow us to feel fulfillment, right? It's, it's the emotions or the, and the values that we go, okay, this is what I want to experience. For me, it, especially over the past 18 months, it was about freedom and adventure and happiness and laughter and contribution yeah. to the world, like these kinds of things. Then once you've got clarity about what you're wanting to feel, because here's the thing, the moment that you're trying to focus on what you're going to do next, you're focusing on needing certainty about what that next thing is. I would say that's mm -hmm. the exact opposite to what you're actually wanting in that moment because everything that is certain is everything you already know. And if you haven't found the thing yet, it's all in the unknown. Yeah. It's the exact opposite yeah. to what you're actually doing. And it's what happens with so many people when they go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do next with my life. What am I going to do with my life? 
Nobody asks, how do I want to feel with my life? When have you heard that? I don't. Yeah, it doesn't happen because people focus instead, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And they're focusing on certainty. Whereas what we're needing in that moment is the sea of possibilities, all the things that are unknown. And this is where curiosity comes into it, going, okay, I notice I'm wanting to experience these emotions. I wonder what I could do. Not what am I going to do. Yeah. That comes down to certainty yeah. again. What could I do? And what could I do? There's a, like a bit of playfulness to it. You want to utilize curious language and curious tonality as well. That's really important because you could simply say, oh, what am I going to do? Or what am I yeah. going to feel? Or you could say, oh, I wonder what I could feel. Or I wonder what I could do. Yeah. It's totally opposite, totally right? One will head yeah. you in the, in the direction of, of forcing things whereas the other direction allows things to flow through into your existence. And so having that curiosity about what's possible, that, that has been one of the biggest contributors uh, to the growth that I've gone through, especially, like, especially over the past couple of years, of really understanding the power that curiosity has because at the end of the day, the way I see it is curiosity is the gateway to creativity, the gateway to innovation, the gateway to fulfillment, the gateway to exploring and experiencing things that you could have only ever dreamed of. But it starts with that curiosity first. So that's my suggestion there. And then once you've got clarity about, right, this is what I want to feel, this is what I could do, then try things out. Test them out. Yeah. You don't need to know whether they're going to be right or not. Just try it out. Have a go. Yeah. I, I, I go back to um, you know, two and a half years ago, I had no connections outside of the U.S., um, three, you know, and it's, well, three years ago, I had never been out, I mean, I mean outside of Australia. Um, Three years ago, I'd never been overseas before. Never. And I I have a stronger network internationally than I do in Australia now, by far. Yeah. uh, And it's growing exponentially. Uh, The overwhelming majority of the opportunities are in different parts of the world now, uh, which is phenomenal. The first time I'll be in Europe is to deliver a TEDx talk, which is pretty cool. Uh, That all came from curiosity. It came from exploring and not needing to know whether things are going to work out. I didn't know exactly how the 18-month quest, once I sold everything that I owned, I kind of had an idea. But I, I look at where I am now, and it's, and it's so different to where I thought I was going to be. But the beautiful thing about curiosity is you can end up somewhere so different to where you thought you were going to be, but in a place so much more magical than you could have ever dreamed of. So that would be my suggestion there. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Uh, that was very rich. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, okay, we, we live in a world that loves to deal with symptoms rather than cause and mm. mask, medicate, avoid, run away from what's really going on. So, you know, I've been talking to people about anxiety recently, and anxiety is a thing in today's world, and it's it's a it's a real thing. You know, so it just needs to be managed. Often people have anxiety. It is a condition and I just cope with it. You know, and I think insecurity is just the same. It's just this thing that we all kind of battle with. You can't ever really be free from it. So you just you just do what you can to to kind of get through and not think about it and, and cope, um, which it seems like a really common strategy, but a horrific one. And mm. uh, I, I love to actually see people walk free. So I'm, I'm wondering, in your experience in your own life and the people you get to work with, do you think it's actually possible to be free from insecurity? Uh, I, I think um, I think what what's possible, and I, I mentioned we 
chatted about this earlier on in the in the in this call uh, that over the past eighteen months uh, there has been moments I, I would say maybe of insecurity, but it's more so been about that that I haven't uh, broken free from a limit that I've placed on myself. And even this happened like three four months ago. Um, I was in I was okay. in not that great shape physically, um, and I knew I had to do things differently. Um, and and I knew that it then became a must. I'm now in gone from the worst physical shape I've been in to a few months later I'm I'm in the best shape I've been in for more than ten years. Um, it takes wow. to, to to go and 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 do things differently. But it's about the reason I mention this is it's it's constantly about stepping up to a new level of excellence because and and that I don't believe ever ever uh, ends. That's the beautiful thing yeah, about us as yeah. human, human beings. We're, we are born to explore. We're born to evolve. We're born to create. Like there's this yeah. co-creation going on here. Uh, and so, uh, if, I mean, if, if the journey just ended somewhere, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe the journey would actually end because it's like, okay, your purpose is done. You know, see you later, right? Uh, but you know, I, I, the, way I, the way I see it is that uh, if, if we're constantly being able to see that we have a next level of excellence to experience, there is that inner knowing that I'm never dreaming big enough and it's not a degrading feeling. I had somebody at an event, uh, like, a, like a, a networking event that I went to once and they said, isn't that, isn't that disempowering? I said, oh, no, <laughs> no way. Yeah. Because all of a sudden it creates this, again, curiosity about, oh, I want, yeah, well, sure. if, if I'm not dreaming big enough, then I wonder what else is possible. And I think in terms of the insecurity and, and, and getting rid of that, uh, I... The way I see it is that we're constantly exposed to new external environments. And mm-hmm. as long as you're exposed to new external environments, there's going to be new challenges that come up. And one really comes to mind that, that happened with me. Um, I was out in the rainforest in Colombia, um, and we were doing some, uh, some filming there uh, for, a, for a philanthropic project. Um, and I came you know, face-to-face for the first time really ever of, of seeing you know, mining companies moving into pristine areas of jungle, uh, trees being cut down in front of my eyes. Uh, and, and it's something so different than seeing it in a video. Um, you see it in a yeah. video, it's one thing, but, but seeing it when I was actually there in the jungle was just heartbreaking, like really heartbreaking. Yeah. And I remember um, feeling so disempowered at that time. Uh, and, and I walked back, when I was walking back to my room, uh, I, I, I knew that I wanted to go out to somewhere in nature that I just felt like I could just sit because I know within myself that the best place I can go when I feel disconnected from myself is to go out into nature. Um, it allows me to reconnect yeah. and, uh, and, and recharge. And, uh, and so I knew, I knew that about myself. And I, so I think that it's an important part for people to know what that is for themselves, where that place is. Um, and I took my, took my uh, uh, backpack down with me, which had all my electronics in it because uh, the room that I had uh, there doesn't have windows. You know, it's like out in the jungle. And so I took the bag with me because I thought, well, just in case, um, you know, somebody dodgy is there. Uh, so I took it with me. I walked down to this river and I went to sit down, found a place, uh, went to sit back and my foot slipped a little and I started falling, fell back a little and... What happens when, when you've got something heavy on your back and you start falling back is you've got no option but to go right back. And so I fell right yeah. back. My head, my head smashed against the rock. My arm bent in a really weird, weird position. And I was in some serious pain there. I, like, sat back up. And 
and the, a, a couple of a couple of things popped into my mind. Uh, one one was a thing by Bruce Lee, which was uh, uh, be like water, which is to be flexible in what you're being exposed to. Uh, no matter what you're being exposed okay. to, to have flexibility in your approach. Uh, funnily enough, I was near a river, which uh, made, made, it, made it make a lot even more sense. But then the other one popped okay. in my mind of uh, uh, Jane Goodall, uh, and one thing that she said once, which was, uh, there's still a lot left that's worth fighting for. And that, that experience um, uh, caused me to choose, and I say choose because I had a choice, caused me to choose to step up, to allow myself to be okay, to still have a purpose, even in the face of when I felt so small. And that yeah. was the making of my next phase of growth. And that experience yeah. is, and, and being in that location, that's what led to the National Geographic Explorer um, opportunity coming through. Um, it's what a lot of the footage that I captured there was on a viral video that I did. Um, the song, there's a song that I wrote called Down by the River. That's that actual experience that I wrote about um, that's gone out into the world now. Um, and, and another song that I, I performed in front of 700 people last year in Canada, um, that was the song that I wrote there and I had footage from that experience out there. Uh, that, I've got a, one of, like a, a tree going down that we had the drone up at the time and the tree fell over. That's in, that was in my talk. And so, you know, the, while it was such a heartbreaking experience, it turns me into an even more committed human being to be a great steward for the planet, to inspire people to change their ways, to change their behavior system. And that experience has allowed me to grow and evolve. And so I, I think, you know, if you're not ex exposing yourself to new experiences like that, then, uh, yeah, then maybe there's a chance of not having insecurity. But I think as long as you are stepping up to new levels of excellence, and exposing yourself yep. to the to the sea of uncertainty, there are going to be moments, and whether you call it insecurity or there's moments of feeling uncertain or I'm not sure if I can yeah. do this, but that's where the curious language and the curious tonality comes in. And you go, I don't know if I can do this, but what if I could? What would it look like? <laughs> How far might I actually exceed it if I actually went about it as if anything was possible? And all of a sudden, you start opening up to the sea of possibility that is there rather than, again, closing off uh, and closing down because of the limits that you've previously placed on yourself. Incredible distinction. Thank you so much. Oh. Um, okay, moving on. Are there practices and rituals that you use regularly to, to develop this stuff internally and to keep you sharp and fresh and to keep you ready for the, the new opportunities of growth uh, yeah. and evolution in front of you? Definitely. That, I mean, the, the massive one for me is, is what I call reference points. Uh, what, okay. what happens in, in people's makeup uh, is when, when they're not consciously creating their future uh, is what tends to happen, they'll, they'll uh, uh, stack on top all of the negative reference points for how they maybe haven't been able to do something, how something didn't work in the past, and they stack them on top of each other in their mind. Uh, often maybe it's front and center or somewhere they can easily access it. And so when, uh, and, and then the good things, the things that they have done well, they don't really take time to lock them in. And so they end up being scattered, like one's over, over on the right-hand side, another on the left-hand side. And when, and, and when we're exposed to something then that, uh, that is, is uh, causing us to have to choose to grow and evolve, if we have that massive stack of reference points on the negative side of it, then we will believe that we can't do it. Whereas 
if we can switch that around, which is what I what I do, and I do this on a daily basis, ongoing, and I will for the rest of my life, no exceptions, is that whenever yeah. I'm experiencing something great, whenever I have done something good, and it could be a simple conversation, it could be a good deed that I do, it could be something that yeah. I've done to treat myself with love and respect, whatever the thing, it could be a speaking engagement where I smashed it, it could be this podcast like, right after this call, right? Uh, but straight yeah. away, this, the, the, re, the reference points that you're able to build in about how well you did, about how you rocked it out, about how you treated somebody really, really well, about how you served this planet. Like, those reference points are there for the taking, but most people don't lock them in. And so I do that constantly. So not only when I've done, the, done it on a, you know, like straight up this call, for example, that I, that I would say uh, uh, to myself about how great that was that I was able to serve and offer so many insights that have been so valuable for me yeah. and, and hopefully they'll be valuable for other people now. Um, and I was able to cool. share that. How amazing is that? Like that kind of reference point, I'm locking them in every single day. And I do it at the end of the day as well. And I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm uh, excited in the mornings. I, I pick out three things that I'm excited about achieving for the day. Um, that gets me in a great yeah. state of mind to start with. I, at the end of the day, it's about what am I most grateful for and appreciative for and what, what, what reference points did I lock in. That, you know, when you do that on a day-to-day basis, like every single day, that alone, that alone is massive. And it's the reason why that step is the reason why most people don't install new habits of behavior because they might go and do something for a while and they might even be flexible in their approach. That is one that holds people, a lot of people back because they need things to go a certain way. But even if they arrive okay. and even if they're flexible in how they go about it, if they haven't built in enough reference points before they get to the phase where it's actually part of their identity, that phase in between when they are doing stuff and when they're becoming it, that gap there, is a massive uh, trap because people think, oh, I'm all good now. I'm all great. Mm. I don't need, you know, people in the past, uh, you know, who have said, oh, I don't need any coaching anymore. And then I found out yeah. a few months later that I actually fell back and regressed. And the reason yeah. for that is because they felt like they'd arrived, but they hadn't really built in the reference points and the identity yet. What it's important here Amazing. is, right, you know, when, 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 you, when you truly build this in, all of a sudden it doesn't become what you do anymore. It becomes who you are. And that's really important distinction to get. You build in those reference points until it becomes who you are and then just keep doing it anyway because it's fun and it's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's quality. Thank you so much for sharing those insights. Awesome. Yeah, you're um, welcome. It's been massively valuable. So hopefully, yeah, those of you tuning in oh. do take on because seriously, that, that alone will, will send you into the stratosphere. Seriously. Hmm. Uh, are you much of a reader? Are there are there books that have been really insightful and useful for you in terms of this building this in your life? Uh, I mean, the I mean, when it comes to overcoming challenges, uh, one of the one of the books actually was by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap, which is uh, on the basis that you know we all have a level that we believe we're worthy of, and as soon as we exceed that level, uh, there's two things that are going to happen. Usually, it's the first one, which is that we sabotage our efforts in some area of our life, we come crashing back down uh, to, to fit in with what we believe we're worth um, or we up-level our thinking. And so for me, that, that was a really good book because I remember um, there was a couple of questions that he, he asked at the start when I was listening to the audio book. And he said, are you, are you, something, and I paraphrase it, something like though, are you open to things going well in your life? 
And I'm walking yeah. along. I remember I was walking in Adelaide in Australia at the time. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And then he asked yeah. this question. Are you open and are you okay with things going well in every area of your life? Wow. And I listened to it and, and, I, and I took it in and I thought, what? No, I'm not. And that was a massive aha moment for me because I realized that I was holding myself back because uh, while, while things were going well in so many areas of my life, there were a couple that I was holding myself back big time on. So that was a really good book. Um, I love, uh, you know, Brené uh, Brown, uh, who talks on the power of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, really, really good, really good stuff. There's an audio book that she, um, and I think it's like workshops that she did. Uh, so I don't know if it's actually okay. a book as such, but uh, an audio book um, that you can get. I think it's called The Power of Vulnerability, which is from her TEDx talk, or the TED talk as well. Um, and okay. so that, that's just a really good one from, uh, again, learning how to get over yourself. You get over yourself and allow yourself to know that you're whole and complete. Um, that, that's how you become okay with being vulnerable. Because, again, nobody yeah. can take anything away from you because you already know that you're whole and complete. So it doesn't matter if you're vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yes, so I'd true. say that, like those two are uh, two that I can think of um, that are that have been real quality um, over the past few years. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Anything else that you would like to touch on that you think would be useful that you haven't mentioned already? There's been so much gold that you've given us. Anything <laughs> else, just in closing, that you think you've forgotten or you'd be you get off and go, oh, actually, I didn't mention this. One last thing, um, last opportunity. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think finishing off on, uh, there's a song that I wrote called Our Modern Connection. And, and the final okay. verse uh, goes, we can speed this up one way or another. It can bring us closer to each other or it can send us further apart. See, it enhances who we already are. I suppose that's a clue for where we should start, a love for all that we are. And that really is about the, the realization that technology is magnifying the challenges that we're experiencing here on Earth, and that happens from a yep. behavioral point of view. Realize that it is going to magnify one way or the other. Same with the other external environments. It's just that technology is going to speed up even faster, which means that we're going to be exposed to our insecurities even even stronger as well in the years to come. Yeah. Uh, I, I I know that that's going to you know that that to be true. Um, it's happened in my own life and I've seen how beautiful and amazing it can be when we capitalize on the innovations that are coming and that are here and are going to be here in the, in the coming future. Having that curiosity yeah. about what's possible, becoming your own best friend, having the courage to actually go for what you believe in, doing these things and questioning being and wondering what's possible, being able to adapt to change, all of these things that will allow us to, to avoid becoming redundant in an ever-changing world comes back to self. And you learn how to overcome that, the world is, is in great hands. But if not, then you're going to have some really challenging times. So at the end of the day, it becomes your choice. And now that you know those tuning in, you have a choice, and it's your choice as to which way you go. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, might sound weird, but I just feel the need to and the desire to, to acknowledge you on behalf of the planet, on behalf of every <laughs> citizen on, on this planet, and acknowledge you for working through this stuff and for not being limited by it because your capacity now to influence 
and inspire and to raise the collective consciousness of those around you is now, it's extraordinary. And I, I feel that from you. It's just been joyful talking to you and I've got so much out of it myself and I'm sure this will be useful to so many people. So thank you. Uh, sincerely, thank you. Absolutely welcome, man. It's been absolutely awesome uh, having a chat today and, and sharing some insights that, like I said, have been extremely valuable for me, um, for my clients as well. Um, and, yeah, hopefully those, those tuning in, you take at least one thing, uh, maybe more, but just take at least one thing and take action on it. Um, that's what's going to allow you to move forward, and that's where momentum builds from. 100%. Where can people find you? Where do you uh, hang out the most if people are interested to understand more about the project you're running and the things that you're doing? Yeah, the world? two best places. So website is thrivingcollective.com and best places on social media, all the main platforms, at Ask Cameron Brown, A-S-K Cameron Brown on Facebook, Instagram, all those kinds of uh, uh, platforms. So, yeah, that, that's the best place to find me. Wonderful. I'll make sure those links are in the show notes and uh, we'll wrap it up there. Again, I really appreciate this conversation. It's been wonderful. So thank you so much, Cameron. And I uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Sounds good. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp. It combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jamonfraser.com.